Blind Guy Talks Tech is brought to you by Voice Studio Pro. Stand out with custom greetings for your phone system. Use promo code BLINDGUY and save 15% today. That's at voicestudiopro.com. Welcome back to Blind Guy Talks Tech, your daily accessible tech podcast. Add your voice to the discussion. Email hello at blindguytalkstech.com or call and leave us a voicemail on 0204-571-3354. And we reach the end of another week on the podcast. Today, we are talking all about Microsoft and their Ability Summit, but we get into a lot more conversation than that. Today, I am joined by the wonderful uh, Director of Accessibility and Evangelism, at Microsoft, he is also the Disability and Access Ambassador for the tech and web sectors at the Cabinet Office, an incredible role that he managed to secure. Uh, that's Hector Minto, who joins us here. Uh, a regular voice you will know, of course, from previous Ability Summits and indeed uh, across the technology sector and indeed an evangelist for technology for disabled people. Hector, it's great to have you here on our brand new shiny show. Great to be with you uh, and congratulations on getting it launched. Thank you. And uh, yeah, it's great to have you here because, uh, you know, there's so much to talk about with Microsoft. But look, before we get into all this, uh, I think there's, there's a little interesting thing about you and I that perhaps a lot of people wouldn't recognize, especially because of our accents in that we're actually from the very much the same part of Glasgow. Is that right? <laughs> we, we discovered that, didn't we? Yeah, uh, yeah we are. I mean, I got I got removed. <laughs> as a child uh, from, from, from the north side of Glasgow uh, and down to Bristol. So you, people are probably hearing a, a sort of slight mix of the West Country UK. Uh, I do the occasional Scottish people sometimes tell me they can hear the odd bit of phrasing that I use that, that stuck with me. But no, I had it. I had my accent removed as a child, I'm afraid. Oh, uh, well, that's the thing, though. I mean, you come back to Scotland, it'll probably come back to you. Right. That's often how it works. It's, yeah, yeah my, 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 my sister gets that a lot. And, and we thought she was kind of putting it on, I think, a little bit when, <laughs> when it first happened to her. Uh, but yeah, it's never, I've never really had that myself. But hey. No, you can't take the Scottish service. That's the good news. No, no, um, I'm still, when the rugby starts, the blue shirt yeah, comes exactly, on. You know? just, yeah, exactly. Just, just know that. Just know that. Well, a friend of mine was, was on a cruise the other day, and he sent me a recording. This is a cruise going around uh, the, I think it was like the Bahamas or something, out of Miami. And everybody on board was singing on the Bonnie Bonnie Banks of Loch Lomond. Oh, he records this for me, and I was having so much fun listening to this. And, you know, I'm not a nationalist type, but as soon as that song plays, I'm just up there singing along. It's just, just bizarre. Anyway, all that aside... We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna break into high road, low road in a minute. <laughs> let's, not, let's not do that. No, let's not. Let's not. No singing, please. Um, I do not have the voice for that. But um, let's talk about you and Microsoft first off. How long have you been at Microsoft now? five and a half years now uh, and I joined uh, I think I joined at a great time uh, and I joined because of Jenny Lay Flurry I mean you know Jenny mm. uh, Jenny's our chief accessibility officer uh, honestly I, I was I'm working I've been working in the assistive technology world for 25 years uh, and it just got to that point where I was just sort of looking at everything that was happening in the in the tech world the mainstream tech world and just thinking you know now's the time now's the time to go and, and I know you've experienced it not just from Microsoft but across the tech sector in the last six years just this this huge focus we're all putting on accessibility so it's been it's been good fun <laughs> honestly it's been good fun I mean it feels in a way deliberate because I imagine it is but at the same token it feels semi-natural as well it feels like that the world is moving in a certain direction I think we all saw Microsoft move faster than some 
um, similar to others. You know, there was a certain speed that seemed to to start towards accessibility across all products. I mean, it's fair to say that if 10 years ago, if we were talk, having a conversation about accessibility at Microsoft, it would be quite a different conversation. Would you agree? I'd agree. And I mean, I wasn't here at the time, but I was, mm. as I say, working with assistive technology, trying to get it to work with Microsoft products. Right. So so I was there from the outside shouting in. Right. You know, uh, but yeah, things have changed. Thing, thing, I think you've kind of hinted at it there. The human relationship and the societal human relationship with technology is changing. You know, <laughs> 10 years ago, we didn't rely on our computers for our television, right? Or our telephony. Yeah, now we do. So that all of that accessibility and that requirement for accessibility and the digital skills of people with disabilities around the world is, is something that's getting real focus. Uh, as all of that changes, as you require technology for your banking, your healthcare, your education, particularly through COVID, right? Uh, you know, that, that's definitely accelerated a lot of focus on accessibility. Uh, humans and their relationship with tech changes. I mean, you're going to admit in a minute that you, you sleep with your phone under your pillow, aren't you? Well, next to my pillow, for safety reasons, Hector, obviously. <laughs> Don't put it under your pillow. Terrible idea. Uh, but no, I mean, I think that the relationship is interesting. Because COVID is often brought up as the reason that the relationship mm. has changed so quickly. But I think for disabled people, that journey had already started many years ago. People, Disabled people themselves, and I, I speak not for blind people, but as a blind person yeah. who understands that technology was the key to, to success and employment, and more so than, than most might say. Yeah, and... COVID, COVID has accelerated it. You're absolutely right. But you're yeah. right. The, the, the digital transformation was already happening. I, I remember when I joined Microsoft, uh, I listened to Brad Smith talk about the cloud, the cloud for global good. Uh, Brad Smith's the president of, of Microsoft. And that was the moment that I just got it. You know, the penny dropped about this larger societal movement, digital transformations all around us. Uh, and when is it, do watch the video, I, we can maybe put a link in the, uh, in, the mm. in the transcript, right? Um, but, but, essentially he talks there about every time there's this kind of revolution around us some people are impacted more than others and we have to be very deliberate about the inclusion of people with disabilities in digital transformation and i think that's that's probably the one word two words i i, I kind of use a lot being deliberate and being confident you know not feeling like you the risks to get involved in accessibility are too high. You know, you're allowed to be humble and you're allowed to be on a journey on accessibility. Uh, but at the same time, yeah, there are regulations that you need to be super aware of. But but I think the disabled community is, you know, whether you, whether you like that phrase or not, as long as you are on a journey, whatever technology you're building towards accessibility and you know where you're going, I think that's that, that's been one of the other big changes that we've seen is that people are more willing to jump on uh, and get started. Do you think we're moving away from this has to be done because of the legal framework in the US, for example, the US is quite litigious, uh, you know, especially around these issues around disability and quite rightly so, I think. Um, in the UK, maybe less so, but there's certainly a lot of campaigning gets done. And mm -hmm. there's, you know, some obviously uh, litigation goes yeah. on as well. Yeah, yeah. But I wonder, I, are we moving away from this idea that, that perhaps this is something that is absolutely, you know, you must put this into your product because it's the right it's the right thing to do and you should do it, to actually seeing the value, companies actually seeing the value of disabled people as customers? Absolutely. And we, we, we you've got to support regulation. Right. You know, you have yeah. to. You know, it's not it's not we're moving away from regulation. It's we are adding sentiment, diversity and inclusion, 
uh, value, like, like literally customer value of disability into the conversation. And I think that's, that, that's the maturity, I think, of the conversation. When it's all just shouting litigation from the outside in, mm. gets you so far. In actual fact, what I would say in my experience is that people put the, the barriers up at that point. Uh, you stop having a, pro- like a productive conversation to one of like, oh, hang on, lawyers are in the room. We, we're unable to have the, the true conversation about our journey and where we're going on this and what we all need to do to get what we want. Uh, now, you've got to keep the lawyers in the room, Stephen, right? Mm. <laughs> you know, we're not, we're not going to do that, right? And we've got to keep the politicians in the room and the politicians need to be aware of accessibility regulations. That's a, that's a challenge, I've got to tell you. That is a, that's a big challenge. Um, but the rationale for it is moving towards opportunity, not just risk. Uh, and the opportunity of just building great products that everybody can use, you know, di- I, I like the phrase kind of diverse technology as well as accessible technology, because it kind of allows you to kind of say, you can do more than just what the lawmakers are saying we need to do on accessibility. Uh, you know, you can just make it a delightful experience for accessibility rather than just uh, what you're what you're being required to do in the in the WCAG guidelines, right? Well, exactly. uh, I think that, you know, that's the journey we're on is that people are getting excited about what they can do. And, mm. and AI, I think, is going to play a big part in this, right? You know, the AI is doing human type stuff. Uh, you know, computers can ha- have some form of vision, right? Computers have some sort of processing. Computers have some sort of uh, of hearing, right? In terms of the speech to text and the auto captioning piece that's just come on leaps and bounds. The more that people are, are leveraging these cloud-based AI-driven tools, they, they get excited about, oh, I can actually add that level of user experience and that includes accessibility. One phrase which I must admit was... I'd say fairly new to me in the last couple of years is situational disability, mm-hmm. um, where people are, and I, I learned a lot about, about this through AbilityNet and through the work mm-hmm. they did and with Texture Pro. I remember going along and hearing this all the time, and I thought, what is this situational disability or temporary disability? And when I learned about what it meant in the sense of someone who, for example, is walking down the street holding their, their shopping in one hand and their phone in the other, in that moment, they are temporarily disabled. They've got the mm-hmm. use of one hand and how technology should um, make sure it's able to be used by somebody in that situation. I wonder if that's the key. Is that the key? Because let's be frank about this. You cannot expect anybody to fully understand the breadth of challenges that disabled people face. Nobody can understand all of it. I'm a a blind guy. I can't tell you what it's like to be sighted. I can't tell you what it's like to to be in a wheelchair. I can't tell you what it's like to have MS. I I I can't do that. But what I can do is I can understand that these conditions exist, but also that in a situational, if we use situational awareness, then we can begin to at least grasp the idea of disability. Yeah, yeah I would add, we, we talk a lot about temporary disability, situational disability. The other one that, that, that we really got to get across here is hidden disability. As in, there's a lot of people who just don't talk about their disabilities and they're not putting their hand up for support or to optimize their digital experience, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so my learning is we've been, I mean, I engage with the biggest brands across the world. You know, I'm literally working with HR leads, uh, diversity and inclusion leads and IT teams in huge businesses. I mean, this is alien to me, honestly, when I joined Microsoft, I, I came from the assistive tech world. Suddenly I find I'm in front of the CEO of like WPP or Lloyd's or Vodafone, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when you get there, Actually, it's so interesting how the conversation gets to 
okay, we're going to cater for people in, in terms of, you know, our IT teams are going to cater for people who have injuries. We get this situational disability side of things. What that really means is people using devices in all sorts of different environments in different ways with, you know, with different requirements, like on building sites, <laughs> busy retail centers, you know, that affects your hearing, all of that kind of stuff. The thing that's been super interesting is just how many people are not talking about their disabilities uh, in work and to their service providers. Uh, and they don't have that confidence to share and have that, have that conversation. When people start to unpick just what level of disability is out there, uh, as opposed to this tiny group of people sometimes who are members of an employee group working in a business, when they realize that it's a mainstream conversation, and that you can then start talking about temporary disability, situational disability. That's when people, the penny drops for a lot of people at that point. They're like, ah, so this is not a risk of not doing the right thing for a certain number of employees. This is actually a design strategy. This is actually a recognition that there is diversity out there. Do you remember when touchscreens came out? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> we yeah. were given these little picks, you know, these little styluses to, yep. to, to use these touchscreens. And then, you know, Kudos to Apple. Apple just went, no, 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 no. <laughs> but, but I remember <laughs> the days, I remember when Apple brought out the iPhone and I remember sitting with a bunch of friends who are also blind and we all said, that's it, we're finished. If, yeah. if this is the future, <laughs> we're bet. out. Yeah. Uh, and right. we, were all, we were all scrambling to buy Nokia N95s. Uh, <laughs> HTC, H, HTC, HTC keyboards, right? Remember yeah, those? Exactly, right? that's right. And, and actually, that's the, that's the critical point, that if people with disabilities are not there at that sea change moment, not about to start singing Hamilton tunes at people, you know, this in the room where it happens. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but I, 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 try, I try to avoid show tunes at all times, <laughs> I promise. Um, the, uh, but, but if there is no voice of disability in any room in society, whether we're, I mean, honestly, this just goes to anything, whether it's yeah, a government yeah. service, whether it's a, you know, whether it's a, whether it's any kind of customer facing experience or when, when there's this mainstream drive towards the next big thing. Yeah. If we do not stop for a moment and engage and, and, and have a voice of disability inside our organizations, we're going to make huge mistakes. Uh, and, and you were right to be scared. I mean, you know, come on, there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of inaccessibility came straight off the page, right? And it wasn't yeah. just the it wasn't just the people building the software or the sorry the, the the manufacturers' experiences. It's the stuff that goes on it. It's you know this is what I keep saying to people around. You know we've got to move away from a conversation where it's Apple, Microsoft, Google's responsibility only. You know we we we're excited about accessibility. And we're going to keep investing, uh, but we need the people who are building the apps delivered over Teams, the people writing the PowerPoint presentations, the people mm -hmm. sending the emails out, the people posting on social media to understand that they also have an impact on accessibility because anyone can deliver an inaccessible experience on an accessible platform. And, and I think what happened with touchscreen is people were learning. You know, people were learning what, what was required uh, in, that, in that new world. Interestingly, people always forget how they learned to use a touchscreen. So whenever you move to a new bit of technology, there's, <laughs> yeah. there's like there's like a, there's like an onboarding, isn't there? Right? Yep, you've got to right. you've got to you've got to onboard with it. And people are going, oh, you know, I just did it through Outlook and through email and all this kind of stuff. And you're like, no, you didn't. The, the way you learned to use a touchscreen was Angry Birds. Like, admit it. Right? Yeah, yeah? yeah. That like that pinch, that zoom, that all of that kind of stuff that people were learning yeah, came from leisure experiences and, and just using the product, kind of having something that was forcing their use. Um, and I think obviously, you know, people with disabilities were not included in a lot of that. Kudos to Apple, as they say, when, when that came out, they, they, they had a rethink about accessibility at that point as well, didn't they? 
you know, you take me right back to the days when I learned how to use a trackpad for the first time. <laughs> because my first laptop experience was a an Apple PowerBook that had a ball yeah. and physical, you know, and the buttons. And then it moved to this trackpad. And I remember someone saying, you have to really push your finger down on this pad to move this card. It was almost as if you were physically pushing it up the screen. And it, I remember that this, you know, after a while, it took me like two or three days to realize I don't have to be like pushing down on this thing. I just touch it and, <laughs> oh, it just moves. And it's, you're right, you know, there's a period where you have to learn this. And of course, there are a lot of people still coming to that table today. There are a lot of people mm. who don't engage with these devices, that don't engage with iPhones. We right. talk about it here on the podcast all the time. I'm always being told by people, stop just focusing on touchscreens because not everybody can. Mm, um, absolutely. And those devices need to be supported as well. But of course, that's this is the world we live in now. And you know, the majority are using touchscreens. The majority are using Android phones, iPhones, all the rest of it. Yeah. And 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 you, I, I quite often sit will say to people like, when was the last time you did a PowerPoint training session <laughs> or an Outlook training session? People don't revisit tools that they've been using for years, but actually, all of the accessibility that's now built into our products, whether it's Windows, Office, Teams, and all these other things, you do have to dedicate time to accessibility as a digital skill. Yeah, you've got to you've got to keep your finger on the pulse in terms of what's being delivered software is changing every month right now right mm -hmm. uh, you know <laughs> office is updating literally every month uh, and there are new things appearing so so there's a there's a there's a, a need for every single organization and for the consumers themselves you know everybody using technology to to dedicate time to kind of revisit turn up at an event maybe come to the ability summit the microsoft ability summit right uh, you know and learn what's on the horizon learn what's being delivered you know and, and the other thing just of that on that of course is engage with the businesses who are designing the technology so microsoft has a disability answer desk i'm, I'm hoping people know that i think people in the states know it more than people over here in europe mm. uh but but you know keep talking to people to the companies about what the what the challenges are what you know we love to learn and our our, our product teams love to learn um but this this idea of it's not we're not getting a five-year product anymore you know where it's kind of product delivered, come back to us in five years time, we'll think about the improvements. Literally, improvements and, and new features are coming thick and fast, but also the, the ability to influence product is also speeding up because the, 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 the re remediation on accessibility is hopefully getting faster as well because you're not having to wait so long for the next version. Okay, so let's talk Ability Summit happening May 10th this year. For those that don't know what Ability Summit is, uh, give us a bit of an overview of it if you can. Absolutely. So, so started. I think I think we're in thirteenth year now, uh, with like eighty Microsoft people just saying, "Let's get together and let's bring the community in uh, to talk about disability and tech." Uh, last year we had seventeen thousand registrations, uh, so it's grown <laughs> a lot wow. in thirteen years. It really is our moment in the calendar. It's kind of this year clashing with uh, GAD a little bit, Global Accessibility Awareness Day, so it's the week before. Um, but essentially, it's, it's our moment, both internally and externally, to invest dedicated time to accessibility and engaging uh, with the world on our technology and, and disability. What tends to happen, and, and I can tell you a few little things about this year, major execs from across Microsoft come, you know, from the, the CEO to the president, to the marketing leads, to the product leads there's going to be a big focus on product this year um, to talk about what investments they're making on accessibility and and what they're seeing out there 
we also bring in guests from around the world. You've been there before mm-hmm. uh, and, and, you know, join me on stage there or join me in the, in the pre-show uh, there. It's, it's also just a chance just to meet and mm. lots of stuff goes on in the chat. Lots of people are kind of giving their very direct feedback to us. It's, it's almost seen as a moment to like, this is the moment to tell people, <laughs> uh, which, which, which honestly, we, we totally embrace. Um, but what we try to do is we try to kind of exhibit trends that are happening out there. We try to show how disability is going to um, feed into, and disability and accessibility is going to feed into existing mainstream trends within the business. Think about things like uh, hybrid work at the moment. Think about things like mixed reality is the big thing on, on the horizon. Uh, think about uh, things like frontline workers using technology. So more and more people in the workplace are using technology. So it's also an opportunity for us to kind of hone our messaging in terms of where accessibility is gonna play its part there. And um, we also bring in guests from around the world with disabilities to talk about their, their, their lives and technology. It's, it's, a, it's a learning experience for Microsoft employees as well to sort of get close to the community uh, and engage. So yeah, it's, I mean, we love it. it is, it's, it's what energi- energizes us for the rest of the year, if we're honest. I think the thing that really stood out for me, uh, especially at the, the event I attended and I've, I've listened in many a year, but I, I really appreciate the worldwide view it's not all Western countries talking about, you know, how great it is with teams and how everything's wonderful. We hear from countries and developing countries that are struggling. Mm. And, and I've had my own perspectives uh, given to me <laughs> by some people mm. at the mm. events. And, and I think that's great. You know, them saying, I had someone say to me once from Kenya, you know, it's all very yeah. well you sitting there talking about how great it is having an iPhone Absolutely. at your disposal. A lot of people don't have that. Uh, yeah. You know, so you've got to look at alternative options. And I think just having that perspective is important affordability and connectivity right it's not just mm-hmm. you know it's not just the, the device and I, thank you for saying that thank you for noticing that uh it's something we're very deliberate on at the moment um if you look at things like our ai for accessibility program the program i run is uh, is called gcap the global commercial accessibility program we want people to buy our products because they're accessible we want to showcase the investments we are making in accessibility um but what's super interesting is i, I have 14 teams around the world and the perspective is very different around the world. I mean, if you go back to my early career of working with assistive technology, we didn't sell our products to India, yeah? Because there wasn't an established market for the products mm. that we were selling, right? So, so established assistive technology company provide, and, and providers are, are, are trying to go global. I mean, they're very ambitious to do so, uh, but fundamentally because of things like funding streams and, and awareness and, 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 and cost of sales, frankly, you know, cost of getting to market. Uh, this, this prohibits the sale of assistive technology uh, around the world in some way. So actually we're trying to get a couple of things going actually. And, and I think, I remember the session you might be referring to uh, from, from last year. Uh, executive sponsorship is a big thing. So we need the leaders at Microsoft in those other parts of the world to make a stand on accessibility. And so since uh, a few ability summits back, uh, we've started to see things like uh, the enabler program in our Asia Pacific region, where we're getting people with disabilities into work through our partner network. And that comes off a, off a position of leadership where essentially the, the, this, the, the country manager or the VP for the region says, I wanna do something very specific here. I want to do something that's actionable uh, and make some change here. And when they put attention to it in their part of the world, the partner network starts bubbling around it. The employees start making different commitments to the topic. They start adding what we would call stretch goals uh, on accessibility to their, to their work, whichever part of the business they're in. So, so essentially we're building up this 
not not a, not a, not a community. We're building up essentially a. a a business engine is, is probably the best way to describe it in terms mm. of how we're going to market on accessibility. Uh, and and that's, that goes to our global ambitions to, to tackle the disability divide. You know, uh, we do talk, it might sound strange to say it, but we do talk from a position of privilege in the West, uh, you know, particularly in, the, in, the, in those, I'd say, well-funded in inverted common markets uh, around the world. Uh, there are a lot of people with disabilities. I mean, I, I, it's horrific what's going on in Ukraine at the moment. When you think about what's happening to people with disabilities there uh, right now, you can only you can only imagine, frankly, uh, mm. what, what that must what that must be like, right? So, so the the global experience of people with disabilities is something we're trying to bring some focus to. And I think there's two key things there, or three: awareness. Uh, people don't know what assistive technology is in many different places around the world. Uh, so, so awareness, uh, affordability is a huge thing. You know, we've got to make sure that people can afford to get going uh, with assistive tech, at least get started. So, a lot of our investments in Narrator are really focused on that that you know, a quality screen reader on a Windows device available on a low-cost device anywhere in the world. Uh, and the third thing is connectivity. You know, it's all very well getting the tools in people's hands, but if we don't have the connectivity around the world, then people are not going to be able to access services. Yeah, I mean, Ukraine is, is a perfect example of mm. where this need for connectivity, need for being able to communicate, and mm. someone who's blind or someone who's disabled needs access to that mm. in the same way as everyone else, but they need to in be able crisis. to do it in a crisis, it, exactly. Absolutely, absolutely. Which is, which is mean, a whole other range of challenges. You need the equipment to be there and to work. And there's almost like a, uh, an assumption that people will get their information online, but, but not if it's not accessible, right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and actually I think COVID taught us a lot. I mean, come on, look at all the COVID apps and accessibility stories. I mean, I think you probably did a few mm. <laughs> episodes on, on that, on that alone. Right. Yeah. Um, but, but there are learning moments in crisis around disability, I think. I mean, if you look at so much work that we did in the UK, uh, a lot of the work that we did on disability came out of the second world war. You know, mm. the, the, the Leonard Cheshire's of this world, the possum systems, you know, the possum systems for uh, home control for people with disabilities in yes. the NHS. Yep, yep. That, that came out of the Second World War, right? Mm. So, so, you know, these are, these are horrific moments, uh, but they are also moments where we can actually take some learnings forward in terms of like what, like, like what was working and what wasn't working and what do we need to do now? I think uh, COVID, just without putting too much focus on Ukraine, but COVID has put a real focus on what was accessible and what wasn't. I remember, I'm not going to name names, but I remember kind of politicians saying, it's okay, all doctor's appointments will now just be remote. And you're just like, really? Uh, you know, how's that going to work? <laughs> yeah, not, for, not for many people with disabilities. And what that led to was people with disabilities having to, having to do the other, the old way, right? You know, they mm -hmm. had to go and they had to take the risk and go into the doctor's surgery or even worse, they went without any kind of uh, care at all. Okay, so so uh, there's there's definitely been learning uh, through this time, and 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 we shouldn't run away from that. We should embrace it. Hey, so you're a busy guy. I'm going to let you go because I know you're busy and you've got things you need to do. But I really do value your time, and I appreciate you giving it to us here. Um, just to remind us Hi. for those who want to find out more about the Ability Summit that you mentioned a, a, a short web address. Yeah, uh, aka.ms forward slash. MS Ability Summit. Um, one more thing. Can I just talk about one more thing quickly? Mm, of course. Yeah. We can, it's a podcast, um, Hector. We can talk all day. It's a podcast. There's no, there's no time on. issue here. <laughs> <laughs> um, one, one other kind of, uh, I'm going to call it kind of uh, 
step on our maturity model, maybe, or, mm. you know, part of our evolution here. Um, I recently took on a role for the UK government as the tech ambassador for disability and accessibility. Uh, and the role there is essentially to make sure that products are accessible, you know, but also that the industry is employing people with disabilities. So anybody that's listening and wants to get involved in any of that work, uh, be super interested to, to, to get in touch or for you to get in touch with me. Uh, one thing I would also just say, um, all of the other sectors have ambassadors. So there's a there's a there's an ambassador for retail, an ambassador for uh, transport. In fact, for airline, for rail, for, for buses. There's one for sport. Um, and I, what's been super interesting in the early steps of getting to know the, the team involved in this is that they all want to do their bit on digital accessibility. They recognize that technology is going to underpin the inclusion of people with disabilities across all industries. So what I'm looking forward to, honestly, is is more industries stepping up to the plate to focus on the on the OSs yeah, or, or, the, or the systems that they're building with accessibility. And here in the UK, uh, it's really great that we've actually got this, this group of ambassadors that we can now aim for uh, to make progress on it. So, so let's look forward to industry-based conversations on accessibility, not just about the tool that we hold in our hands. I think that, yeah. that's, that's the one thing I might leave you with. I think you know that to me is, it sums up in a way what Microsoft and what you do in your role that's what it is. It's about looking out, bringing mm. other people along on this journey, because that's the key here. You know, we can all talk in our own bubbles, but we've got to get out there and speak to other people. And companies have to learn that disabled voices have value. And that essentially, that's the key to opening up understanding about disabilities. You know, talk to a disabled person. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I, I, I start many of my presentations. It's like, if you don't know how somebody who's blind reads an email, <laughs> you better know by the end of this session, all right? Yeah. You know, and that's what the step one is, 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 is being willing to share what you don't know is a really great quality in anybody, right? Uh, I think we as a community within the accessibility assistive technology and disability space, we've got to kind of open the door again, you know, leave the door ajar for people to come in and have a conversation and, and to be and to be sort of humble and let people join us in terms of what they want to do in this space. We're getting, we are creating an army of champions across industries who want to do their bit, but they don't know how. Uh, and, and so I think, I think as, as Microsoft, and actually, as a as a as a technology employer around the world, we don't just employ our own people. You know, think of the huge numbers of people through the partner network, uh, the partner networks across Microsoft. We want everybody just to step up a level of confidence on disability and accessibility. Hey, Hector, great to have you back here on uh, this new podcast, and uh, I look forward to talking to you, especially post Ability Summit. I'd love to yeah. get you back on. We we talk more about oh, that. You know, anytime, anytime. Such a cool guy. Uh, Hector, thank you so much for coming on. Really, really appreciate your time. It is great to have you here on uh, Blind Guy Talks Tech. Uh, that is it almost for a week, but don't forget, of course, we do have the weekend editions, but we kind of drift off into other areas and by Joe, did we do that this weekend? Uh, so yeah, you can look forward to that. I would advise a cup of tea, possibly something stronger with this week's episodes. <laughs> Check them out Saturday and Sunday on the podcast. Normality resumes on Monday, though. Uh, stick around and I'll tell you all about what's happening. And of course, check out our uh, Twitter feed for all the very latest on what's coming up next week on Blind Guy. If you want even more Blind Guy in your life, visit blindguytalkstech.com for previous episodes. Find us on your podcast apps or ask Lady A or Lady G to play Blind Guy Talks Tech Podcast on Apple Podcasts. Thanks for listening. Catch you tomorrow.